0: Hey, hello everybody. My name is Simon Tafoola, and I'm so excited to welcome you to my podcast. So, what is this podcast all about? Well, this is a business podcast show all about real stories from real entrepreneurs. Keeping it real. No half, no puff, no fluff. I interview all sorts of emerging entrepreneurs and creatives to find out how did they get started. What inspired them to pursue their entrepreneurial ventures? How have they overcome all their obstacles along their journeys so far? And how do they look after their mental health and well-being? Because as we all know, starting a business is incredibly stressful and difficult. Essentially, the aim of this show is to inspire you, the listener, to pursue your own entrepreneurial personal development and personal growth journey. I mainly focus on interviewing emerging entrepreneurs and creatives because they are much more relatable. And I then catch up with them every few months to track their journeys and find out how they're doing. My guest this week dropped out of uni, started a photography company and is using her photography skills to help the long-term unemployed back into work. How incredible is that? My guest this week is none other than Annabelle Lavgrove. First of all, what a name, Lavgrove. <laughs> anyway, Annabelle is one of those people that is like a Jill of many trades, right? She's the founder of a photography company called Jobface. They focus on taking beautiful headshots for corporate clients, looking for visual uniformity in their marketing material. And she also serves individuals and individual clients who need to put their best job face forward in the competitive working world. So you know that LinkedIn photo that you need to have on your LinkedIn or every time you have a speaking gig and they ask you to send in, you know, a headshot. She's the person that sorts that out. That is her niche. Anyway, personally, the most impressive thing about Annabelle, for me anyway, is that she uses her photography skills to help the long-term unemployed who need a boost of self-confidence as they aspire often for the first time to enter into the working world. I mean, that is just incredible. Talk about a business with social purpose. This is that. Anyway, in this episode, Annabelle shares how to stand out in the super competitive world of photography. We talk about science photography. We talk about how she dropped out of uni and freelanced for a while and then eventually started job based and, and how, you know, doing meaningful work in the world we live in right now is incredibly important to entrepreneurs, but to the clients they serve as well because it helps boost and elevate your profile as an individual and as a company if you enjoy this episode please like and share and give us a review on itunes because it helps other people discover these amazing stories details of annabelle and her company job face can be found below in the show notes i hope you enjoyed this episode please like share and tell everybody we're available on spotify itunes google Podcasts, everywhere Take care and hope you enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Simon Tofoli Show. Real stories from real entrepreneurs. No half, no path, no fluff. Today we have an amazing guest a photographer, a creative, an entrepreneur. Where do we start? Annabelle, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thank
0: you for having me. Amazing. Amazing. So when we met, I was really inspired by your story. And I just thought, you know what? This is somebody I need to talk to. This is somebody that has an interesting story that I need to share with the world. And the world needs to hear about your story. Thank so you. yeah, uh, first of all, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Um, I'm Annabelle Lovegrove. Uh, okay.
1: I was born in England, but okay. my mom's Canadian. Uh, oh, wow. I grew up in Kent. Okay. Uh, my whole life... Travelled a lot, but basically was based in Kent. Um, okay. And then I went to school in Kent, went to school in Surrey, okay. and then I moved to Switzerland for three, four years. Oh, wow. Uh, and moved back about two, three years ago now. Cool. So Where in Switzerland did you live? So I live near Geneva, so Lausanne. Okay. okay. So it's, uh, it's actually quite a photography based city, really famous city. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. um,
0: beautiful, actually, yeah. really inspiring. Amazing. Yeah. Do you speak any other language apart from English?
1: Uh, I speak a little bit of French. I can understand That's great. quite a lot, uh, okay. and German actually, okay. and okay. Spanish too. But yeah, <laughs> amazing!
0: Wow! Yeah, and like, do you have any family members that are entrepreneurs or creatives? There,
1: yeah. So um, this is quite a, a really important one for me, actually. I think okay. um, both my parents are entrepreneurs. Amazing. Um, so I. My dad started, I think it's now on his sixth, seventh advisory firm, wow. um, energy advisory firm. So he's wow, always, and, uh, yeah. and my mum, she is just such a wild entrepreneur. She yeah. came up with like, I grew up with her creating like hand dusters. Yeah. Um, so she ended up selling them. She came yeah. up with this website, which ended up becoming like a basis for net actually, oh, it was wow. the structure, she didn't come up with Mumsnet, but it was yeah. the structure that Net ended up using, Yeah. Um, and yeah, so very big entrepreneurs, wow. grew up on a farm, which yeah. uh, made milkshakes, so
0: that was great. Yeah. That's amazing, wow. <laughs> so yeah. So you feel like you learned quite a few things from your entrepreneurial yeah, parents? Yeah, definitely. Oh,
1: cool. I have to say, you can't not be sort of inspired by your parents, yeah. just because they're very entrepreneurial.
0: Amazing. So because a lot of parents or a lot of entrepreneurs that do not have entrepreneurial parents, Yeah. there's always a struggle of like, you know, you need to go to uni, you need to get a formal qualification yeah. and go get a regular job. I mean, so were your parents quite supportive in the sense that, okay, is this it? Did you, first of all, did you go to uni?
1: So I did, but I never finished. Okay. Um, I was terrible at exams, really okay. terrible. And I wasn't going to go to university, but mm-hmm. I I got into the Swiss university. Yeah. It was the best in the world, supposedly, at what it does. Okay. It is a fantastic university. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I went, and I think it was about a year and a half in. I liked it, but I was just like...
0: You're I'm not it. I'm
1: not a university person. Okay. Um and then I failed, I think, this one exam twice. Yeah. I could yeah. take it again, but yeah. it cost a lot to take it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, like... think. What oh, were you studying? Hospitality. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. so it was like a business university. So the yeah. first year was all practical. Okay. So that was all cooking, basically. Okay. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah. Bartending. Yeah, really, yeah. really fun. And yeah. then the next three years are sort yeah. of financial analysis, amazing. statistics, all yeah. oh, maths actually. That's why I wasn't very good at it. Okay. Um, but yes, so I was quite lucky actually growing up in that my dad was mm. never really, he didn't go to university. Okay. Um, and people always find this hilarious. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he says, I think what he's saying is he uh, an MBS, a master in bullshit. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, go to university yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, whereas my mum actually, she has, I think, like three degrees. Oh, wow. So she's the very sort of That's anti offset yeah. sort of, uh, you should go to university. But they were both very
0: supportive. That's really, really good. Yeah, very very I mean, what's interesting is that there's almost like a generational shift now, right? Because a lot of people think that, oh, you know, you have to go to uni to be successful. And that is great for some professions, right? But I think if you have a plan and you have a focus and, and a passion for something, there are plenty of examples of people that did not go to uni yeah. that are doing quite well for themselves. One of the you know like on instagram you see all these memes all the time right one of my favorite memes is that um you know if like if you work if you get a normal regular job right yeah. um you end up working for people that you, you get a normal regular job to dress up in a suit and everything yeah, yeah. you end up working for people that or you, you end up getting hired by people who wear t-shirts and jeans basically, something along those lines <laughs> right and and it's, it's interesting because when you work in a startup environment or like in the entrepreneurial community, really like the really kind of successful people just never really kind of like you know never suited and booted. Um, but yeah, I like the fact that you decided right. Okay, so once you decided uni wasn't for you, yeah. Did you take some time out to think about what you wanted to do? So
1: I, I it was actually slightly unfortunate. I yeah. moved back from Switzerland and unfortunately I had a quite a, a significant family incident. Okay. So one of my parents became quite ill actually for a while. No, so it was, weirdly it was good timing because mm-hmm. I was home, Yeah. but yeah. <laughs> also at the same time it meant I was forced to kind of take about five, six months off, Okay. Um, which was quite nice actually, Yeah. despite the circumstances. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, mm. so I basically took a break afterwards. Okay,
0: um, so and that gave you time to think about and reflect on what you want. Yeah, to do?
1: Yeah, I think it was really good, actually, because I don't know if most people, I, I assume are like this, but you know when you take a break, and at first you're like, this is great, this is going to be fabulous, and after like a week, you're like, <laughs> you're like, like yeah. crawling the walls like, <laughs> I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took, I think it was like five, six months, okay. and I was crawling the walls, Um yeah. I taught myself a lot in that five six months. So I think yeah. I started freelancing online just to yeah. kind of keep my sanity. Yeah. Um,
0: freelancing, yeah. doing what yeah. exactly?
1: Literally anything. anything. So editing photos because okay. I, I, photography was a thing I picked up much yeah. younger. Um, helping with website design. Oh, cool. Literally selling okay. stuff, doing yeah. data management for companies. Yeah. Honestly.
0: Just so. Stuff. Amazing. Yeah. So you've got uh, you're like a Jill of all trades, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a common theme that you find among a lot of entrepreneurs in the beginning, right? You're like chief everything officer, right? chief working, chief yeah. design, chief everything, because in the beginning you don't have all the resources mm. to hire or buy a lot of these services, so you have to figure out how to do it yourself, right? Um, so. Tell me about your journey with photography. How did you begin? How did you get into
1: photography? So it was actually, um, my dad was always into photography and he always had loads of cameras and mm. I think he, he got me a camera quite young and I liked it, but oh, it wasn't... How old were you at this point? I must have been like six. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so like one of those dinky yeah, digital yeah. ones, which now kind of look like a brick you throw at someone. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, um, <laughs> our iPhones are a lot better than <laughs> Yeah, really, yeah, exactly. really. Yeah. Um, and I like them and I think even, you know, the like, what was it, the, the plastic underwater ones? Ones you can use as a kid. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I the blue casing. Nice. The blue casing. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, we had all of those. and I like um, playing with them, but I wasn't, it definitely wasn't in my mind that yeah, I would definitely yeah. do photography. Mm-hmm. And then at university, I, it was quite a full on university, so in Switzerland, but mm-hmm. I basically was like, you know what, I'm good with cameras. And I think someone said one day, like, do you know anything about cameras? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, actually, I know quite a lot, weirdly. Yeah. Um, and then I basically just started doing it as a side job for cash. Um, and then my university needed someone in their marketing department to do some events and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, sure. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of became a thing. Um, yeah. And I just really enjoyed it because also I did, I, I started a landscape photography, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because in Switzerland you have fantastic views. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, and it just, yeah, became a thing.
0: Wow. Yeah. And so at what point did you decide to set up your... Company. so your company is called job face okay. yeah what does it do in, in a nutshell
1: so we basically it's a very simple promise corporate photography basically i okay. mean we do indivi- i do a lot of individual photography actually but the job face seems to attract more corporate clients so okay. it's more sort of companies who what seems to be now is basically keep us on retainer and we come in and just take headshots for new employees
0: okay really really simple yes.
1: um but then on the kind of upside or flat, uh, flip side if you like mm-hmm. I started doing a few individuals and I had a lot of long-term unemployed people coming to me just by, I think, potluck. And they were saying, you know, I'm trying to make my CV look better or my LinkedIn look great, you know, and I'm just really trying to get a job because I can't get a job. Mm. And for me, this was quite surprising because I think in the news, I was like, unemployment is like at a serious low. Yeah. So who are these people? Why, did they, why are they coming to me? Yeah. Um, and I just spoke to them after a while. And I was just quite curious. I was mm. like, well... What what do you struggle with the working like what's wrong with the working world like what mm. do you really struggle with and mm. um, a lot of people were like you know I know about accountancy and you know I know about being a banker and I, I, I like those jobs but I c- can't do them and they're also just quite standard jobs right and I was like well, well, could you do something else they were like well I don't really know what else there is. Mm. So then it became a thing where I just started going around, and it's still ongoing, obviously, um, going around and basically just interviewing people with different jobs as to what they actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's quite interesting. It's like some really weird jobs out there.
0: (laughs) What is the weirdest thing? So I think Um, this one
1: is in the pipeline. Okay. No pun intended with this one. Um, But uh, sewage cleaner. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay, this is not something I'm sure many people want to do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but let's hear it. (laughs) But I think, uh, so I contacted this company and basically said, look, can we interview one of you guys? And uh, hopefully I'm going to in like a month. And just speaking to the company, it was a bit... sort of like just just insane really you're just thinking well actually who are these people that go down and do this you know yeah. who wakes up one morning and says you know what that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> like, that's true who are they yeah. um so just yeah listening obviously a big safety aspect for them um yeah. just it's all kinds of nasty is what i sound of it yeah but i'll wow. let you know when the interview's out <laughs>
0: yeah so essentially you're one of the, you're those people that you're that person that takes those those linkedin photos right you know the the side yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah i haven't had one of those photos in a long time and because i used to work in a co-working space one of yeah. my friends had a photographer to yeah. come in and do one of those for his startup team and i was just like ah uh, can i can i have one just, too just, and they gave me that one photo and i've yeah. rinsed it i use it everywhere
1: <laughs> but this is what i mean I yeah really- I think when so I actually originally did this kind of business model in Switzerland. Yeah. We did it with the photography society I was in, and we kind of basically said because I think there was another guy who did the photos, but he charged like 30, 30 francs. That's like thirty quid. Yeah. For a photo, not bad considering mm-hmm. it's edited. But then you know these people would use it everywhere, mm-hmm. and then actually you know especially if you're a guy, in yeah. maybe like a year or so, you might have a bid or you might not. I have know. A
0: bid. I, I cut my half rope. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> exactly right.
1: <laughs> So I kind of was like, okay, what happens if we make it cheaper and just yeah. assume more often? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the model I took forward to okay. here with Jobface. And it seems to be working because um, people do use it everywhere, but they do like to keep it fresh because okay. everyone I speak to now is kind of like, you know, I haven't had one in 10 years. And
0: yeah. Like, I know, I know. On average, how many times would you recommend somebody takes a headshot? I would say
1: you don't need to take it too often. Okay, I would yeah. say like every two, three years probably is a good time a good to time. like... Okay. But I think, you know, if you are someone who mm-hmm. changes their hair colour all the time or, you know, they suddenly like wearing contacts all the time whereas before they had glasses, I'd say then maybe think about it. Because, you know, I, I spoke to quite a few people and they say, you know, I go into meetings now and people don't recognise me. They've seen my LinkedIn profile yeah. but they don't know it's me. <laughs> that's my story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to... amazing
0: so you know there are those that say that you know oh you know every tom dick and harry is a photographer every you know uh ade ayo and babatunde with the slr (laughs) is a photographer just take some photos you know throw um uh, what you call it uh what what you call that watermark in there and uh, you know i'm a photographer um so how you know someone wants to become a photographer like what would you say to them and obviously how have you been able to differentiate yourself, obviously I get it that you you offer this other side. But how have you able to? Have you been able to differentiate yourself it's, in such a crowded manner? It's re- obviously it's really tough. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um,
1: but I would honestly say it comes down to how you handle people. Okay. I think my the biggest thing that I always get told is you're just so easy to take a photo in front of. Okay. Because um, I get so many people, especially, you know, it's one thing I think. Because I, I went to photography school, yeah, mentioned this one. Yeah. Um, it was after, yeah, you came out of the break and everything, yeah, okay. exactly. Um, so, the London Institute of Photography, oh, amazing! It. Um, oh, cool. Really, honestly, a fantastic school, actually. It's sort of yeah. like a small school, but I think I, how long was that course? So, I went and I did it, so you can do it sort of flexi. And I okay. it's, I think it's like a six, seven months okay. I did it over, okay. Um, but it was just very cool because basically, a bunch of really cool photographers and different fields yeah they all just basically said well let's start a school Mm -hmm. I think it's wrong by a guy called Holger Putin Mm -hmm. um fantastic honestly such a character and they basically just took us a bunch of students Mm -hmm. basically to photo shoots and we just got to play along with them and it was exceptional honestly like really exceptional um but yes how to distinguish myself yeah just how you treat people I I think all my feedback is just you're so like yeah you're so friendly Um, especially corporate people because they're not exactly as enthusiastic perhaps or as willing
0: to have a photo. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And I think obviously you have a niche as well. So you focus on the corporate sector, right? You can't be everything to everybody. You've got to try and like zero in on that specific client you want to help and and then work from there. Since starting this, right, you must have learned lots of things, right? What are some of the challenges that you've kind of gone through? And what do you know now that you wish you had known starting out? So many things.
1: Honestly, honestly, I think um, I definitely started it at a time which probably wasn't the best. Yeah. But then again, you could argue there is no good time to start Absolutely. a business. Right. Uh, like I, I think I was always in something I was always aware of, especially because of my parents, mm-hmm. that they were like, There's, it's always going to be awkward. If you want to do it, you'll do it. So I started it and uh, challenges. I think for me, the biggest challenge has been sometimes and I'm quite like a... a Solo person, a lot yeah. of the time, but you do spend a lot of time alone. On, yeah. And obviously, you're in photo shoots. So, I, you know, I'll be in, I think like last week I did a photo shoot for like almost 200 people. Oh, wow. And, you know, I, there are me, there's me kind of saying, oh, it's quite a lonely job, but actually, I'm around a lot of people, but obviously, yeah, you don't spend too much time with that. one person. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges. I'd also say you just, I, I was, I think, I was a bit more prepared for this. Mm-hmm purely because of my parents, but you just get so many no's. Yeah. I mean, you should know Yeah, but you just get so many no's. And I think I I, I actually start to appreciate how people deliver no now. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I've had some people who are just, you know, they kind of beat around the bush and they're like, Oh, yeah. well, I'm 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 not really sure. And you're there. Yeah, like, it's exactly. fine. Say no. Yeah,
0: okay. absolutely right. Yes. Don't you just hate those people that live in limbo? Oh. Like they never say no and they never say yes. They kind of just well, you know, it, like leave especially behind. in
1: emails, because then you're thinking, okay, I, in my mind, I've now mentally said I will keep following up with you until yeah. you definitely say no mm-hmm. or you say yes. Yeah, and you, I hate that if you're thinking they're probably going to say no eventually, but maybe in eight emails' time. So it's like, oh, like
0: ah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you use any CRM systems or do you use anything to follow Because, you know, you can see how many yeah, times they pop in and clicked yeah, into yeah, the email and stuff. Uh, MailChimp. MailChimp. Okay, yeah, gives you that. Classic, the easy. Amazing. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I like it, but to be honest, I... I I liked that, so I have mm-hmm. definitely for like measuring social media responses and website of responses, course, course, yeah. um, it's been quite fun to just look at the analytics over time and say, okay, this is working, that isn't. Mm-hmm. But I also think I'm a big person of just ask the person. Absolutely. Um, if they don't get in contact, then either contact them yeah. until they say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I, yeah. For me, that's the best feedback. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I always say that you know, if you don't have anything, you have nothing to lose, yeah. so just ask. Like, a lot of people are just terrified. It's not like someone's going to chop off your arm uh, if, 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 you know, if if you ask for something. Like, just ask. They say no, you move on to the next part. So. Exactly. I
1: think um, this is a fun practice I did at photography school. We had yeah. to do this. This is a small side story. Um, mm-hmm. We had to do, I did... I started with street photography. It was like my portfolio project for the school. And... Um, there was one day where I, I hated asking people on the street for photos. I would okay. always take them afar. Kind of yeah. be a bit creepy about that, I guess. But, like,
0: I just... Okay. S- <laughs> no, obviously not. But yeah. yeah. Um,
1: just, I think the term is technically slightly voyeuristic photography in most
0: street photography. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. get any word yeah. but, um, but this one day, my teacher, Holger, was... Uh, we had to do basically do a... Use a flash and flash basically random people in the street. Yeah. And then take a photo. Was that in London? Just out of curiosity, because... Yeah.
0: In London, it's a bit. (laughs) Yeah, and so that
1: was for me, that was really tough because he was like, You're going to go first. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking,
0: How do you do it? Like,
1: this is going to be terrible. Um, Exactly. And there were some people who would lose their crap, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think we had one lady who was just horrific. And I think I was quite lucky because doing that sort of activity on a regular basis, after a while, you're like, I can help. How do you initiate
0: that interaction then when you want to do this? Do you just take pictures of people in terms of like street photography yeah street photography yeah yeah
1: so usually I always go up because I still do it okay. it's like a, a, a side hobby Um, I that's usually, why you walk
0: around with your camera at a time yeah okay Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's a hobby which I think when I was trying to build my portfolio I said yeah. I'm not gonna give myself an excuse I'm just always gonna have a camera yeah um worked out really well because now you'll see a moment and the yeah, number yeah. of times I haven't had my camera and I've been
0: like, oh, uh, that would be perfect. Oh. Yeah, and absolutely, right? Um, yeah. That's what mobile phones are for, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you always want to capture it in a higher resolution. Yeah, there, yeah. So.
1: Um, we just, I just get used to the style of the camera. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, how you initiate the conversation, I think... I just go to take a picture and if they look at me while I'm taking it, which sometimes makes the photo, but if mm. they're looking at me and in their eyes there's like a slight disdain, <laughs> they probably have ruined okay. that photo then. Um, okay. And then you kind of linger a bit and if the eyes soften then you're like, okay, they're fine. Okay. If they keep looking at you, you're like, okay, I'll back, like I'll back off. Obviously if you're going to get really close, yeah, this is where you get technical, it depends on the lens you have, um, yeah. then you probably ask. Uh, yeah. And you just go and say, I just really like the way you're... It's, it sounds weird, but it genuinely yeah. what
0: you have to do. Um, I'm not too sure about how a, it, someone in the public would yeah, take a, yeah. a black guy just randomly saying, no, i take like a photo of <laughs> you. The reason I ask this question is because two things. First of all, I've had, I mean, I, I never went to no fancy photography school or anything, yeah, yeah. but I've had that the best photos are when the subjects are unaware. Yeah. You know, apparently those make the best photos. But the other thing as well is that. I'm a huge fan of um, Brandon Stanton, you know, Humans okay, of New York, okay, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're actually working on a project kind of similar to that, but for nice. the fashion world. Um, and he speaks about how, obviously, when he moved to New York for the first time, he had to go around taking lots of photos yeah. of random strangers, right? And of course, you know, as a, as a guy, you know, you, you start taking photos of random a, people. A, they think, yeah. like, what's going on here, right? So he actually developed an approach to soften people up mm-hmm. before... He took any photos of them, and one of the things he always does um, is that he will stop you and ask you really like thought provoking questions. Yeah, um, for example, he would ask them something like, You know, tell me about somebody that has inspired you the most, yeah. or like, How has your life turned out differently from what you expected growing up, or you know, what's made you the happiest so far in yeah. your life? And then you get talking, and you know, Americans love chatting, right. If they, if they begin chatting, yeah. you can get the vibe, yeah, right? Yeah, and if yeah. they get, you get the vibe, you're like, wow, you know, he's like, wow, this is really interesting. Do you mind if I take a photo of you? Yeah. And then he gets that photo in that moment. Or if they're not, you know, like keen on the whole thing, he'll get like a detailed photo, as I'm told by my photographer friends yeah. over here, like, you know, a photo of the their arm man, or a piece of jewelry there, or something. Yeah. And this is how he was able to harvest a lot of these stories and a lot of these... Um, Interesting yeah. kind of people that he's met. Um, yeah, so this is why I was asking you about street photography because it's really hard to approach people. In, it's, in general,
1: I think I have to. say I am very lucky because yeah. I I know my whole life I've had this, but people always come up to me and ask for directions. I honestly, mm? or like wow. it's. I think my my boyfriend always finds it funny because literally, yeah. I like I always come back and I'm like, yeah, this person just okay. came up to me. Like it's just yeah. quite common, and I think I maybe it's because I I look approachable or yeah. maybe because I'm. A girl, I like, I, I, a woman, if you like, but, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of had a lucky at, like, going in street shopping, basically, because yeah. I don't really, I don't know, people don't really look at me and, oh, she wants something. Yeah. am more like, oh, can I help? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So it's lucky. Um, yeah. I think it really depends, though, because, you know, I think, because I, I remember, I think I read uh, The Humans of New York, his little book, and I think mm. he does talk about it in the beginning, I think, mm. of the book, and... I remember thinking, you know if I tried that, I've never tried it could mm-hmm. be it qu- could be quite a fun experiment to try, yeah, um and I definitely think I will try it but i d- I remember thinking thinking, I think people in England would yeah. be like she's off her head <laughs> <laughs> I know right or, <laughs> yeah. or like, what, or they might think I'm you know uh when people on the street are like, Do you know who Jesus is? And yeah I know, right? yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Might be worth a try, might be worth a try.
0: Yeah, there's always a fast time for everything. Um, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to ask you is, um, so what mistakes have you made, any like starting out, like, you know, yeah. something that you, you did now, and you think of you like, oh my God, <laughs> what was I thinking when I fast did this? Like, I
1: think I, in the beginning, took on a lot of, not a lot of, but quite a few jobs, which were really, really intense. Okay. In terms of just purely very simple photo, just like corporate photo shoots, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm talking like quite a few hundred people a day, and just me and the clients. I definitely wow. hadn't in, it talked about talked about it with the clients enough because they were like, "Oh, we want them all tomorrow," and you're like, "But you want them edited?" And they're like, "Yeah," and you're like, I'm "Not sure that's going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think so. Yeah, clarifying communication is a big one. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The thing I love about what you said earlier is that, you know, the thing that sets you apart is your ability to build relationships with people. Yeah. And this is something I really want to explore a little bit more because one of the things I, so I went to law school, I went to business school and one of the things they never teach you is how to sell, like how to actually like sell a product or service. And one of the things you quickly discover in the entrepreneurial world is people do business with people they know, like and trust. So you just have to kind of be a likable person or trust yeah. your path. And if like, people can build that rapport and relationship with you, then then they'll kind of like use you or buy you or kind of like, you know, use your products or services. And that's something I find really interesting because you say you're really approachable yeah. and you've kind of, yeah, people kind of just, you know, get along with you. So, yeah, so I think a lot of people I find that are starting to want to sort of keep themselves to that. Them. They, they sort of don't want to sort of tell the whole world about what, they're doing how have you like how how did you learn how to sell and acquire these clients because i would easy. say
1: it's actually probably more of what started as yeah a slight awkward tick in that i probably couldn't stop talking
0: okay <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> oh wow
1: no but that might sound strange but like mm-hmm. i i do remember distinctly my first few clients mm-hmm. in your head you're thinking totally you got this i know i have yeah. the skills but obviously in your head you're there like yeah god, oh my god um, and I kind of was just like I think I end up with this like nervous energy but just enough we'll like a stability to be yeah. like I've got this I've got this, oh, yeah. this yeah. is what I do this is why it's great yeah I'm the perfect person to do it yeah um, I tried and error though. I like I, I you know the number of pitches I did yeah. and afterwards like I remember I, I still do it sometimes but not as often but in the beginning I really did have a lot of cold calling okay hilarious honestly yeah. you, you know the number of times I would, I would be like okay thank you and put down the phone you're like yeah. what the hell did I just say <laughs> yeah. yeah um obviously not too often after a while you really get into the sort of swing of it
0: but okay practice. so do you normally kind of like what's your process of acquiring clients do you go through like uh, LinkedIn now Instagram, it's more word of mouth than anything okay because you've built a rep right yeah
1: right? um getting there slowly but surely but um yeah, yeah in the beginning I just tried everything because I was like I don't really know what's going to work right, yeah um Cold calling is a fun one. A fun one, yeah. Reading, yeah. Exactly. I've worked
0: in a couple of call centres, so yeah, I know. You've got to have a fun voice as well. Yeah, exactly, um, because exactly. Because it's like different. Because, you know, and then if somebody's really old, you can tell... So you've got to shout a bit more, you've got to, oh my God. It's I sad.
1: think I, I, I don't want to sound, maybe this will sound unprofessional here, but I remember at one point I was thinking, because I remember reading a, a psychological article in Harvard Business Review yeah. saying people with different tones of voice, uh, that people are responsive to different tones of voice. Absolutely. So at one point I remember I'd done so many calls and I was there kind of like, what happens if I start you know, making my voice deeper? Is yeah. this going to make people <laughs> listen to me more? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Starts to get a bit strange when you were alone, I think.
0: (laughs) Starting a business or a side hustle is incredibly stressful, as we know, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you manage your, like, stress levels and how do you take care of your mental health? Because you mentioned, for example, that you can have a photo shoot with 200 people in a single day. Like, you know, and you have all these clients that are corporate that want to see ROI and all this craziness. So how do you manage your stress levels?
1: I think I'm quite good. I'm not too. I mean, I do obviously get stressed, but I think I'm very good at relaxing. I like I really do like I'll probably just completely switch off my brain. Um genuinely, I, I like I because I just think it's so important. I'm also a big believer in sleep. sleep. Yeah. If I don't sleep well, it's not going well. It'll be a good day, but yeah. like I just know I'll be completely depleted. How many hours do you like what's like, your optimum? <laughs> I need like 7 8 7.
0: Wow. Yeah. I like this. You know, the thing is, I love entrepreneurs, and we talk about this a lot with my you yeah. that, you know, you have all these entrepreneurs that keep saying, you know, hassle, hassle, the grind, yeah. no sleep. Look, I'm sorry. For me, <laughs> I love my sleep. Like, you know, so it, this is one of the things I keep talking about. This is why it's important to talk about mental health and, you know, mm-hmm. self-care, because sleep is actually really important.
1: Yeah.
0: Hydration is really important. <laughs> Exercise is important. but. Yeah, so, anyway, you love your sleep. I think,
1: yeah I, yeah, I know. I'm also quite like a weirdly routine person. In that I think if you ask my family, I eat at the same times every day. Um, not not always, obviously, yeah. you know, if I have a shoot's it's different, but by and large, I'm quite naturally have a very big routine.
0: What's the um, most important meal of the day for you then?
1: Breakfast. Okay, I can't not have breakfast, even if I've had a big meal the night before, I know it's throwing my whole day if I yeah. don't. Oh, wow. Um, yeah i so I, I think yes, definitely I think stick to really simple things, yeah, but keep them the same, and for me that I maybe that sounds a bit controlly, but I think it's flexible, so it's not, That's but fine. it just gives me peace of mind absolutely, yeah, whatever um, works for you,
0: everyone has a different approach, and the thing I'm trying to get over across in this show is it is that everyone has a different approach yeah. that works for them, yeah. And it's all about you and whoever the listener is to kind of figure out okay what works for them. Yeah. So they, you have to have an approach to it. Yeah. I um, think,
1: well, I think also, I mean, I know from quite a young age, I established that I liked routine. I think I just naturally fell into it and became my thing. But um, I know quite a few friends, for instance, who don't know what works for them. And I think people are always like, how do you know that works? And like, it's just trial and error. Yeah, it really is. Or like, yeah. what do you naturally want to do when you're stressed and Stress. you just want to... Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Um, Yeah. So, if someone has a dream, right? If someone, you know, was in the middle of a shower, they had a light bulb moment, and they came up with this fantabulous new business venture that they wanted to start up, right? What would you say to them to encourage? Like, what? What three tips or two or three tips you'd give to somebody to help them get off? You know, get started.
1: I think kind of going back to what I think I touched on in the beginning is. There's always going to be an awkward time to start something like that. So don't, I think, just don't even think about that right then and there. Obviously, you know, if you're 35, your wife's about to have a baby, maybe maybe think about it. (laughs) But um, I would generally say you just never know when it might be too late to kind of do that sort of thing. Um, So that's, I think, tip number one. Tip number two, actually, if you really do want to do it, be organised about it okay, do a small, very simple business plan. I need X amount of money to start. I know that if I save up from my current job for the next four months, I'll have this month aside and that will keep me if business is terrible for the first four months. Um, So that's kind of on a financial organization side. And then number three I'd say is actually lay out a solid plan. I think I knew so many people and myself included in this actually, when I started, I was like, I'm not really going to stick to a plan because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I definitely think you do need to be so organised. I think especially with stuff like social media and you know, where your whole world is basically dependent on an algorithm which is waiting for you to basically feed in input, mm-hmm. you need to be organised. And I think also it just, for me... The whole loneliness thing, sometimes having a routine in the structure, actually, it's quite a good combat for it. Okay. So I think it just gives you sort of a nice structure to work with. And I think, obviously, you know, occasionally you need to adapt your structure, but I, yeah, i nice. say be organised.
0: Um, so is there a piece of tech that you use, or you can't do without, that you always have with you? I think I might guess what this is, but...
1: The camera, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think also um, a card reader. Oh, wow. Yeah, the number of times I've, I've suddenly taken a photo and it's needed to be uploaded and obviously my card reader's in my other bag. Oh. Or, Like, my one of them is yeah, yeah, not with me. Amazing, I didn't even think about that,
0: yeah. I just you just assume like someone will pay you well, so,
1: that. yeah. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. you can always tether or you could do whatever, but I don't know. Card reader for me is always the easiest option, the easiest option. Um, okay.
0: So, so, you actually walk around with it. Have yeah. you got it with you now?
1: I don't,
0: ah, come but, on. But you but this. Cam- <laughs> no, no, but that
1: camera does Wi Fi transfer, so ah, we're all good. <laughs>
0: amazing, amazing. Oh, cool. Um, so have you uh, do you read? Do you like read it? Is there a book or a couple of books yeah. that you've read that's impacted you the most?
1: So, I read quite a lot um, mm-hmm. more fiction, but I think one that's really impacted me, and this is actually more recently, mm-hmm. and I am not. I have to say, I'm not usually a big uh, book, sort of like business, how to start a business fan, mm-hmm. because I do think it's so different for everyone. But um, my mum gave it, I think, uh, to my boyfriend first, reading, and then he gave it to me, but it's Shoe Dog. Yeah, uh, the founder uh, of Nike, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. I think for me... It's just, that's one to, I'm not, I don't usually do this with books actually, but it's good to go back and read every so often, yeah. just in terms of sort of, not so much now, but motivation, I think, was a big one. And also the whole idea of, I mean, you, you know, some of the stories, you know, like he goes through like so many no's and so many like blatant failures, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I think that for me is just like, okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, not that I'm saying I'll be Nike, but it's just, yeah, yeah. nice to nice to hear, I think.
0: Yeah, so it's nice to hear other people's stories because, you know, and for me, one of the things, one of the reasons I started this show is to interview emerging entrepreneurs that sort of just started in their earlier journeys. Because there are a lot of these other stories like, you know, Phil Knight's, you know, founder of Nike and, you know, he's super accomplished and he's great and he's successful. And, Mm. you know, it's a fascinating story for sure. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, the world has changed completely. Things are different now. And you know, would somebody that was wanting to start up now yeah. you know i mean of course there's there's lessons to be learned from every story, yeah. but like I feel like the person is so far ahead, and you know it might not be as relatable to someone who just wants yeah. to start but the, it's it's an incredible story, I mean, like the amount of things he did like it's just insane one of the I I I know I completely agree actually because I remember
1: I read the book and I um I think my mum was like oh this applies to you and I was like yeah but he didn't really have the internet then so sorry. <laughs> exactly. like I like it's just very different yeah. um, but I don't know I think it was just more in terms of like sheer human determination basically um, yeah. where
0: I'm so. like okay that's. My hat is off to you. must almost have to be slightly mad to want oh, to do no, what no, do. Sure. <laughs> sure. Because it's like it's just insane. It's ups and downs. Yeah. Ups and downs. It's craziness. It's madness. I mean, sometimes you just have to. Because this is why you know talking yeah. about mental health and like you know how you handle stress levels is really important for me to understand. Because when you go through this, yeah. you think, "Am I the only one doing this? Is yeah. somebody else going?" Th- and you know, how do they deal with this? That's really interesting. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is that. In terms of, like, the photography you're doing right now, like, yeah. if you look at the industry as a whole, right? Obviously, social media has changed the game, right? Like, you That's know, good. Instagram is yeah. huge and stuff. Like, are there any trends in particular that you're seeing that are coming up or anything that, in it's terms good, of the industry in general, like, what, what do you see? What, what, how do you see, where do you see your industry going? I...
1: And as a company,
0: as yourself, a startup, where do you see your company next week? So, in the context of that?
1: In terms of the world, I mm-hmm. think... I yeah, I I love social media in that you know you can actually spread genuine really important ideas a little bit easier than you could before of um, and that and they have such a big impact and it's really interesting I mean it is a, I think as everyone would say there is a flip side to it in that you have so many opinions yeah. and how do you know who is actually correct and how like what have they actually based their opinion on and you know, there's that whole concept I do think social media has kind of peaked a little bit I, I I am intrigued to see how in terms of photography for instance how that will actually continue because there is just so much content out there yeah. I think it's something ridiculous like you know you're looking at like 15 billion images a day or something like that and it's like that's a lot of that's photos yeah. um, where it will go I guess I, I mean virtual reality I, I, like that's a cliche answer no. but I, I think that is probably where I imagine for instance any future children I have that will be their kind of norm Like if they want to go play a game, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if someone had a game room, which literally was a room which was a game. Like I like I wouldn't be surprised by that. Not sure I feel about it, but (laughs) I guess cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, In terms of my photography, I do one of the kind of main aims with the job face because that actually wasn't what I wanted to do in terms of photography. Okay, Um, it's a good starting point because i wanted to sort of practice portraiture and i mean i'm practicing portraiture yeah um but i think i kind of want to basically do job face to the point where i can get other photographers in to do the photos so they too can basically practice photography oh, yeah. especially i would say i do have a, a sort of soft spot for the long term unemployed because i do I've, I've spoken to quite a few different charities and i've done some work with some charities specializing in unemployed people and it's just something I think is just really interesting um if you talk about mental health most of these people do have significant mental health issues um so yeah that was the kind of aim with job face um just to basically start getting people in and just kind of create a company which sustains itself Mm -hmm. not necessarily profit making Mm -hmm. obviously you know a nice salary would be good for everyone but um yeah just necessarily just I don't know so people can learn basically um, and then for me, your, yeah. my photography side, if I have that, and um, science photography. Okay. That's a whole other question, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I... Ex- explain a bit
0: more about, what is science photography? Study?
1: So I kind of uh, started working for that neuroscience company yes. because I actually wanted to originally do neuroscience, but bad at exams. Yeah. Neuroscience, they don't really go well together. <laughs> Um, so I basically know quite a lot about neuroscience, just as a hobby, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of was like, so all of this research, incredible research about, for instance, how genetics affects the brain, I, I could go on for hours, but everything, mm-hmm. it's just completely underrepresented, and I, I it drives me nuts that, you know, some photos aren't taken documenting some of the research that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so say for instance, in America, because the company I work with is American-based, you get people who basically are called biohackers. Okay. Do you know who? Okay, oh, so this is a weird. weird yeah, no, weird. let's hear it. So these are people who basically hack their own DNA and just see if they can play with it and see what happens. Okay. And so you'll get like some guys in their garage basically trying to change their DNA so they can build muscle more effectively. Okay, now I must state that is not a thing. <laughs> uh, like, it's too there's too many factors, biological factors. So yeah. you know, just changing one gene if you can is that's mm-hmm. not a you won't get a result. But it's, there's a community out there who really fundamentally believe in this. And I, I don't know, for me, I was like, this is just so interesting, interesting because, yeah. you know, again, with the likes of social media, you have one idea that people are like, oh, that's quite interesting, and it catches on. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easier to just change your yeah. Um But, you know, like in an in imaginary world, you know that sort of thing is insane if you think about it. Um, so my, basically my premise was I want to photograph basically science.
0: As in um, scientists or people in the process of doing science, so
1: so the scientists would be included in it. But basically, the research. Okay. um, Amazing. Yeah. So, so say for instance, like Japan, Mm -hmm. some of the stuff they do with stem cells is yeah utterly insane. Yeah. Um, but it's quite interesting because then there's a whole ethics side of okay, you have these these Japanese guys creating children quite literally from a petri dish. Oh wow. What What do you say to that? Like, yeah. yeah, Quite big, big yeah. questions. But that was my kind of
0: interesting. That's a niche I've never had about. Yes. I mean, with photographers, you know, you hear, you know, like it was corporate, yeah. it was fashion, <laughs> influencers, and all this but science photography. I think it's the first I've had it. Well,
1: I think like so for me, it was more these people in my mind are the yeah. ultimate creatives. Yeah, I mean, okay, not necessarily in a good way sometimes, but you know, how I was just always amazed. You know, you read some of the research, and you're like, how did you think of that? Yeah. Um, like how, what kind of imagination must you have to be able to actually put that together in your head? Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: yeah, I was Amazing. just... Amazing, that's from, great. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you is, mm-hmm. is there a person that has inspired you the most in your journey or your life so far? Or, uh, and, definitely and
1: my dad. That okay. uh, is That was a very cliche answer. Yeah. My mom as well, but, um, my dad, because he, well growing up he was just always working and I don't mean that in a bad way I mean yeah. that and I was just so amazed how he was just he always managed to do everything you know um mm. and even now I think he so he, he was my parent who's unfortunately quite unwell and uh he's managed to pretty much overcome that and he started another business and it's like wow. nothing's happened kind of thing to mm. him um so he is so, uh, has so much energy I like yeah. I yeah Amazing. so I think for me that's like
0: yeah very impressive amazing are there any like specific key lessons that he drummed into you over what he's kind of like you know sh- passed on over the years that
1: for the, this yeah. might be one for me yeah um, but don't think too much okay um, I know for a lot of the, you know people who perhaps about to be an entrepreneur that seems like what yeah. um, but just I think it's also the whole idea of trust yourself okay. trust what you know and you know if you know something and you know if you don't know something and then just stop thinking then kind of like i said you have your plan if you've thought it over stick with it it. don't Don't waver um and i have to say i think that one again might be more because i am type of person who thinks a lot um but yeah
0: amazing yeah cool so on my social media over the past 40 weeks i've been doing this thing every monday called simon t says which is one minute of motivation, inspiration and encouragement, you know, to get my kind of friends and, you know, community through the week, right? So obviously, as an entrepreneur, it's really stressful, it's really hard. Sometimes, well, you need to motivate yourself, right? And in the process of like doing that, I say this because I wanted to motivate Mm -hmm. other people. What is your Simon T. What's your Simon say is kind of what's your one minute of motivation and inspiration that you say to others or you say to yourself? So to, what, the kind of
1: thing I say to myself in the morning. Yeah, you know, to hype yourself
0: up or maybe to hype someone up and motivate somebody. Is there any one motivational phrase or anything that you...
1: It's dangerously close to one of the classic ones, which I think you do see on Instagram pages no. quite a lot that do a, uh, Whatever works for you. Do the quotes. But it really is, uh, I think for me, it's always, especially when I wake up and I have a day where I'm like, oh God, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, your future self will thank you. Like, it's a cliche, but honestly, the number of oh, times maybe. I've done a week of work, it's been horrific. Fun, but a lot of work and stressful. And then you know the next week, you then kind of get that pleasure of sitting there, for instance, and being like, "Okay, but it's all done." Yeah. Um, I think that do it now, and you'll actually later you'll be like, "I'm glad I did it." Amazing. Yeah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, watch this episode with Annabelle. With. Annabelle your future self with, thank you. <laughs> Annabelle, thank you so much oh, for pleasure, sharing pleasure, your story. Pleasure. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing your progress. How. You know, things move on. I've seen some of your work. It's it's incredible. And the fact that you're doing something that is making a positive difference in the world, for me, that is the reason I really wanted to share this story, because it's incredible. Most people kind of just think of themselves and just themselves and what they can do for themselves and get for themselves. But you're helping long-term unemployed people, and you're kind of helping them, you know. And, you know, the thing is, confidence is a huge thing. You know, helping somebody develop the belief. changes a lot changes a lot so for me yeah. I think from like a more kind of like you know higher level strategic kind of approach that's what I see that you're doing that is changing the world, and I really applaud you for that and honestly I think you are smashing it and continue to do that and thank you so much for coming to the show thank you no
1: really honestly thank you for having me really really fun um, Cool.